Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Lamed Zayin. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Harav Moshe Yoyna Ben Yaakov. May his neshama have an aliyah and may his memory be a blessing. Um, well, just yesterday we were discussing, uh, at the end of yesterday's daf, we discussed um, how Tanufa, we said it's one of those things that only a Kohen can do and only a male Kohen. And there were two exceptions to that. That is uh, Sota and uh, Nazira, a female Nazir. And then we asked, okay, how do they do that? They also have to do Tanufa, that's waving the offering. And then we discussed, then the Gemara asked, but how do they do it? So, yeah, I mean, we learn out Xara Shama from it, that it says simply that Kohen puts his hand under the hands of the Baal, of the, you know, of the woman, and they do tenufa like that. So Tosas asks here, says, oh, but that's a problem of a chatzitza. We know that the kohen has to be holding the actual kli. So how he's not allowed to have any interpositions between him and the kalim and stuff he's using when he's doing the temple service. So he gives two answers. And I mean, he brings a Gemara where it's a problem with shutofim, etc. But he says, yeah, um, one answer is that it's exactly Here, the Torah tells you to do it like that. Yeah, the Torah says the through the, excuse me, through the Xerah Shovel, we learn that the man and the woman must do it together. Um, and then the, uh, the second point, a second answer Tosos give is that maybe here, what, ha- what we mean by the Kohen puts his hand under the woman's hands, is not literally under them, but that she holds higher up on the Kli and he holds lower down on the Kli. And therefore, there's no chatzitza. So those are the two suggestions. It's just interesting. In, to, in uh, Sota, Tosos discussed it from the other perspective. Isn't it totally inappropriate for the Kohen to put his hands under another woman's hands and hold them? We're very, very careful about uh, men and women, um, unless the husband and wife, touching each other. Um, so there, Tosos discusses it. The answer he gives there is you get a very, very old Kohen, but it doesn't make a difference to or, you know, other solutions. And then that flows into the very popular discussion of uh, touching, by popular I mean uh, amongst uh, youngsters, but uh, what happens if it's not direct, what sort of touching between men and women is inappropriate? Only derechipa, only when it's affectionate, or is it any touching at all? Would we say there are certain forms of touching that are, let's say, almost objectively um, and some that are objectively, um, like just to highlight some of the discussion, is shaking a hand in a greeting versus shaking a hand in a business deal. Shaking a hand in a, gre- in a greeting is a form of warmth. But on the other hand, if it's the normal way that you greet people, it's not. Whereas in a business context <laughs> or a business gre- deal, then it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's almost just a sign of respect. Um, hugging in a greeting would be much closer to problematic. Um, also important to note, the, Ram, the Rambam says, the Apostle, the, the um, Maimonides, that the Apostle says, You're not even allowed to come close. I anything derechiba is actually osadoraisa. They discuss there are a few things that the Torah tells us, never mind the actual act is problematic, but you also have to distance yourself from it, almost like Xera, almost like we would view Xera. The famous one is Midvai Sheke Tircha. Distance yourself from lies. Oh, never mind, don't lie, don't even come close to lie. Here the Rambam would learn this, is, never mind, don't, um, 
get involved with Arayos, don't even come close to, don't even touch them. But again, that would literally be only Derechiba, and then the Xerid Rabbonin would extend to any form of touching. The Ramban argues on that. He learns it's only Derechiba. He, he says that it's only Midrabon and that it's also, again, Midrabon doesn't mean that it's permitted, it just means that the source is not from the Torah. And one second. And Tosos over there, and Sota gave some other answers of how it's, what's happening and how it's done over there. Um, but let's go on to the new Mishnah. So again, remember we've been discussing um, different categories, like here, Mitzvahs that are high on men and Mitzvahs that are high on women, etc. So now we're going on to another category, for Mitzvahs, Shehi, Tuluya, Baaretz, Einon, Oheges, El, Baaretz. All Mitzvahs that are dependent on the land only apply in the land. If it's a Mitzvah that is not dependent on the land, it is noeg whether in Eretz Yisrael or whether in Chutz Laaretz. Um, it, and then he says, Chutz except for Mina Orla Vekilayim, except for Orla and Kilayim, those are Tuluya Baaretz, they're dependent on the land, but they are noeg even in Chutz Laaretz. Rabbi Eliezer Oimer, Af Hechodosh, and Rabbi Eliezer says, even Chodosh. question on Rabbi Eliezer is he saying, even on Chodosh, is he saying even on Chodosh it applies outside of Eretz Yisrael he's going stricter than the Tanakama or is he saying even Chodosh is noeg both in uh, only in Eretz Yisrael so the Gomorrah will discuss that Um, yeah I think let's go into the Gomorrah and we'll um, discuss it as it Unfolds. Oh, what are the, just quickly what they are. Um, orla, as we know, is fruit in its first three years. You're not allowed to get an from it. Kilayim, I mean, kilayim quite, uh, includes at least three Averas, cross-breeding animals, cross-mixing um, plants together, and shatnas, wearing wool and linen. The one that we're discussing in this one is to do with plants. Um, the Gemara, yeah. So he says, my tluya or my shailajay. What do you mean? How do you define a mitzvah as dependent on Eretz Yisrael and a mitzvah that is not dependent on Eretz Yisrael? So the first suggestion is, Maybe you'll say that when, uh, where it says coming into Eretz Yisrael, that's where it means, I, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, then you will do this mitzvah. Oh, that's a mitzvah that's dependent on Eretz Yisrael. And if it doesn't say beer, then it applies all wherever the Jews are, even in Chutzrahs. But wait, what about Tfilin and Petech Amoradim in the firstborn donkey? Are they not noeg only in Eretz, whether in Eretz Yisrael and whether in Chutzlaaretz? Um, and Rashi points out, as we see throughout the Talmud Babli, that the Babylonian Talmidei um, Chachomim wore tefillin, and the and with Peter Chamor, it's dependent on it being a firstborn, not on being an Eretz Yisrael. So you can't tell me that the, when the pasuk says when you come into Eretz Yisrael, etc., that means it's a mitzvah dependent on the land, because we see by tefillin and Peter Chamor, that's not so. So Omar Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda says this is what it means. Call mitzvah shehi chayvas hakuf. Any mitzvah is that an, that's an obligation on the person. 
no Hegel's by Barnes, by Behutz Laaretz. Is applicable whether in Eretz Yisrael and whether in Chutz Laaretz. Chovas Karka, if it's an obligation on land, then it's only applicable in Eretz Yisrael. What how Rashi explains Tuluya Ba'aretz, um, he says. Um, so firstly, he gives what's an example of mitzvahs that are chovas hakuf. This it's the last few lines of the Rashi. He says kikon Shabbos tefillin avodas kachovim petachamo mila arayos v'keyotzebem. All these mitzvahs that are an obligation on the person, totally independent of the land. Chovas karka shemitel. So Rashi explains shemuteles al hakarkav. That is an obligation on the land or what grows from it. Kagon, for example, all these mitzvahs that are dependent on something that grows either while it's growing or once it's grown or something, a mitzvah resulting from those. And the interesting one is, in that Rashi mentioned, is chala. Don't we keep challah wherever we live? We separate challah. So yeah, so strictly speaking, it's only dependent on Eretz Yisrael. But there's a Zayret Rabbonin that they extended it to the whole world. And that is because, if I'm trying to think, I think it's a discussion in, where we had it, um, maybe Baba Bashra. No, it wasn't Baba Bashra. Okay, I've forgotten where. But there, it, it, it's, it's spread all over. And one of the reasons is because challah is quite hard to see that it's to do with Gidulei Oretz. Because you're already at home in your kitchen making dough, and that's when the mitzvah comes in. So unlike all the others, it's with the raw product. It's something you be care- you careful with in the field, like kind of when you're close to the land, and therefore you're more. Therefore, it's easier to see that it's thing. But chal is not so easy. So they went stricter and said it, the midrash on it applies all <coughs> over, and that's when it would be also. Um just an interesting Tosas here. Tosas say, Rashi says that how do we know that Tfilin apply in Chutz Laaretz? Because we see that many of the Babylonian um, Amorayim used to wear Tfilin. So Tosas says, Perish Bekuntras, Dunayk Bechutz Laaretz Doha, Ashkan Bechamet Duchtin, Barabonan Amorayim, Debavel Deminichi, Demanchi Tfilin. Oh, we found that Rabbonan Amorayim in Bavel would put on Tfilin. We also find Rami Bar Chama in Bavel had a Peter Chamor, a firstborn donkey. So he says, Maybe they own, maybe they did wear Tfilin in Bavel, but that was only Midrabonan. Maybe Einachinami, the mitzvah of Tfilin, only applies in Eretz Israel. This reminds me of the famous Ramban. Where is it? I, I, if, you, if you want the source, I can get it for you. I've forgotten where it is. But the famous Ramban, who says that basically mitzvahs in Chutzlaaretz are only practice. Um, uh, in short, again, uh, so some take that very literally. Others, the Vilnagon, Rav Salavechik, Rav Yoshebeer Salavechik, I've seen amongst others, are not comfortable to take that. I don't know if comfortable is the right word. I'm not prepared to take that midrash at face value. Um, but either way, that's, that's Tosos is saying. Maybe that's the, the suggestion. How is it approved by the fact that we see uh, a Babylonian scholar wearing tefillin that it's not Tluya Ba'aretz? Maybe it's only Drabon. It says, It says, It's fine. Even if you say that they did it only Midrabonan, 
it should have taught except, it still should have taught them in the Mishnah as except for Tilin and Pet and Chamor. Because it teaches Orla, which as we're going to see shortly, is only Midrabonon. So if it was something that is applicable only in Eretz Yisrael and not in Chosvaris, even if the, sorry, if it is something that is an exception to this rule, either that it applies both in Chosvaris and Eretz Yisrael, it even teaches Midrabonon halachas that are, sorry, we're saying as a general rule, there's a whole lot of things that apply only in Eretz Yisrael and not in Chutz Taaretz, except for Orla. But Orla we know is only an exception, Midrabonan. This that you keep Orla in Chutz Taaretz is Midrabonan. And therefore it should have also, it would, if Tefillin was only Midrabonan, we would have also taught it in the Mishnah. So Tosa says, even if you want to say that Tefillin is only Noik Bidrabonon, it would have still taught to the Mishnah. The fact that it doesn't teach it in the Mishnah, we see clearly that it's not even only Bidrabonon, an exception. Um, okay, and then he asks another question, but I think let's go on in the Gemara. Minani, um, Mili, what's the source? So basically what we said, if it's a mitzvah that's, again, it's hard, there's a slight, what's slightly different, difficult to make this distinction is, they're all an obligation on the person. This that you have to separate truma, this that you have to leave pay, is an obligation on the person, but once it's connected, it's dependent to what's the land and what's growing on the land, then we say it's what's called a mitzvah, and limited to Eretz Yisrael, again, except for the for the except for the exceptions of Orla and Kilai. It says, Minani Mili, what's the source? Tatan Rabbonin. Eila ha-chukim, eila midrashas. When the Pasuk says, well, we got a darshan, the Pasuk that says, Eila ha-chukim, ha-mishpotim, ha-shet, tishmeru, la-sois, ba-oretz, which you're obligated to, ha-shen al-san, elokecho, elokeha vosecho, l'chol rishto, which your God has given you to inherit, kol ha-yomim, all the days, ha-shet, ha-tem, chayim, al-admal, that you live on earth. So now we're going to darshan that pasuk says, Eila chukim eilu hamidrashas, v'hamishpatim eilu hadinim. Chukim refers to keeping the drashas, mishpatim refers to keeping the laws. Ashetish marun zu mishnah, which you shall keep is learning mishnah. La sois, to do zemas, and that's practicing the Torah. Ba'aret, yachol kol mitzvahs, kulon lo yenogos ele ba'aret. So it says, this is in the land. Oh, you might think that all mitzvahs only apply in Eretz Yisrael, Talmud Lomer. Kol hayomim asher atem chayim al adamo, as long as you're living on the earth. Oh, it sounds as long as you're alive, you're obligated in the mitzvahs, in all the mitzvahs, implying whether you live in Eretz Yisrael or whether you're not. So, Talmud Lama Be'eret. But the Torah says, Be'eret. So, that implies only in Eretz Yisrael. So, Echo Acher Sheriba HaKosuvu Miut. So we have one inclusion and one exclusion. The inclusion is that it says as long as you're alive on earth, you have to keep mitzvahs. And the exclusion is only in the land. So he says, go look in the context that it is taught. This is the very next passage. You shall surely 
destroy all the places where they have served there. You have to, you, know, you have to go and destroy all Avodah Just as Avodah Zorah, a pla is an obligation on the person, and it applies whether you live in Eretz Yisrael or whether you live in Chutzlaris. So to anything that is against only an obligation on yourself applies whether you live in Eretz Yisrael or whether you live in Chutzlaris. Um, I had a question on this, but wait, that pasuk telling us that you must go and destroy all the places, look and destroy for all the places of Avodah Zorah is only applicable in Eretz Yisrael. We're saying it's Avodah Zorah which is applicable all over. Um, but the actual issue that it's discussing, the part of Avodah Zorah that's discussing, is in limited to Eretz Yisrael. So I saw Archgirl bring that the Ritva answers it. I didn't get a chance to look up the Ritva, mm. but that would be, um, that's, a, that's something that was just bothering me, and then I was happy to see that the Ritva does discuss it. Okay, the, um, just I left out an important point of Musar for this time of year. Um, on Petech Hamor, the Natsiv says, it says, what happens? You're supposed to redeem the firstborn donkey by replacing it with a lamb that you offer, by a say that you offer as a korban. What happens if you don't want to redeem it? So then you have to break its neck. So he says, wow, why do you have to do that? So the Natsiv, it's harsh Musar, but uh, for this time of year we can say a little bit harsh Musar. Um, the, uh, the, the thing with the donkey is it has potential. It's redeemed for a seh, which becomes a korban. It has that, and therefore, if you're not going to use its potential, if it's not going to actualize its potential, you might as well break its neck. And therefore, we've got you have a special opportunity. If you're not going to take that opportunity, that's viewed quite uh, quite severely. Some uh, a person or an artist that has a great potential and it's not actualizing that potential, it is quite severe. Okay, let's go. On. Then we meant in the Mishnah we mentioned that. Okay, so any mitzvah that is truly of it only applies in Eretz Yisrael except for Orla and Kilayim. And Rabbi Eliezer says even Chodosh. So that's what we're going to focus on. It says Is Rabbi Eliezer going lenient and saying that Chodosh only applies either Tanakhama didn't say it, but it includes Chodosh? And Rabbi Eliezer is coming to say no, Chodosh only applies in Eretz Israel? Or is Rabbi Eliezer going stricter and saying that Chodosh applies even in Chutzlaretz? Says Lechumra Poli, and now it explains both sides why you would say, ah, one word, why would you learn Rebeleza going strictly? And it says Lechumra Poli, Bahachi Koma Tanakama. Maybe he's going strict. Either Tanakama says, Chalo is only Noeg in Eretz Israel, and Rebeleza is coming to say that, no, it's Noeg even in Chutzra. It says, why? Bahachi Koma Tanakama, Chutzmina Orlamina Kalaim, the Hilchaseke Mirilo. We have a tradition. That even though you would say they chovas karka, but regarding the mitzvah of chodosh, I didn't explain. Uh, yeah, but aretz in the law that would only apply in eretz Israel and not in chutz aretz. My timer. Now, what's the reason? Why should chodosh be limited to only eretz Israel? Once again, and this is based on the presumption that you know the Pasuk, because the Pasuk says, wherever you live, which implies even when you live in Chutzlaaret. So <coughs> the starting point, the starting assumption is that Chodosh should apply everywhere, because the Pasuk discussing Chodosh refers to 
And I don't remember it off by heart. Um, but the assumption is that where it says the mitzvah of Chodosh applies wherever you live, it means to your grain wherever you live. So if you're living in South Africa and you have a farm, the mitzvah of Chodosh would apply there. That's the assumption. So my ta- why would the Rabbanon learn not like that? It says, no, Moishav, when it says the word Moishav, it doesn't mean wherever you live. It means La'acha Yerusha Yeshiva, that it only kicks in after the conquered and settled the land. Mashma, that's what the word implies. Right, so he's saying that Tanakama understand the word Moishap differently to how I initially explained it. I explained it as meaning wherever you live. And they said, no, Moshe means after you conquer. Remember, they went into Eretz Israel, actually 10th of Nisan. It took them 14 years to conquer and divide Eretz Israel. Oh, Moishap, that's when you've settled. That's when the mitzvah kicks in. So therefore, says, no, Chodosh applies, whether you live in Eretz Yisrael, whether you live in Chutzlar, it's my timer. Moishav, it says the word Moishav, but call Mokom Sha'atoyoshim, wherever you live. So Rebbe, so the Machloikas is, how do you, the, the first understanding is, how do you understand the word Moishav? Come understand it as only after you've settled the land, and therefore, Chodosh is limited to Eretz Yisrael, and Rebbe, um, and Rabbi Eliezer says, no, it means only after, sorry, uh, Rabbi Eliezer says it means wherever you dwell. Or Dilma, or perhaps, Lekula Polik Vahachi Komar. It's to go lenient and this Vahachi Komar Tanakama. Chutz min ha'orla vahakilayim dehil chusagi merilo. The Tanakama comes along and says, Orla, it's again, all mitzvahs that are clues for it's only noigin Eretz Yisrael, except for Orla and Kilayim. Because we have a tradition, the, uh, again, Hilchos Gemirilo means not not just a not just as traditional means it goes back uh, many generations from uh, where they learned it from, or or something says Halachah Moshe Misenai. It's coming straight from Har Sinai. Hashem told Moshe, it says for Kol Shekain Chadosh to Moshe, and how much more so Chadosh because it says Moshe Kol Mokom Shatem Yoshim Ashma, which implies wherever you live. Va'asa Rebbe. Eliezer, the Meimar, Chodesh Ein Anoig Ela Ba'aretz, and Rebbe Eliezer is coming to go lenient and say that it only applies in Eretz Yisrael. The Moshev La'achah Yerusha Yeshiva Mashma. Moshev is of Yerusha and Yeshiva. Oh my Af, oh why does Rebbe Eliezer say even Chodesh? He said Akamaisa, going back on the first list, list that you had an extensive. You said everything that is no, um, dependent on the Oretz. Even Chorosh is how Rebbe Lezer, we would explain Rebbe Lezer. So again, so if this question is, again, what does the Tanakhama hold? And what does Rebbe Lezer hold? Is he going stricter or more lenient than the Tanakhama? Um, maybe, Dennis, maybe we can ask, I think it's a good question that you're asking. Maybe that it makes a difference where it was grown, just whether it's obligation to you. But while I would, um, not, don't want to say that, I just thought, is because all the other Yisurim we find if it's grown in Eretz Yisrael, then you have, to, let's say, you have truma, a truma from Eretz Yisrael. That definitely applies when you live in Eretz Yisrael or Chutz Laaretz. 
So when it comes along and says except for, or things that do not apply in Kutzlaret, means that they don't apply at all in Kutzlaret. We're, we're talking about what's grown in Kutzlaret. Mm-hmm. Because the first part of the Mishnah would include things that were grown in Eretz Yisrael and what exported to Kutzlaret. Okay, we just had Rosh Hashanah, everyone gets careful with their pomegranates because they were grown in Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful with Trumas and Masras. So you want to tell me that that's what Chala means? No, Chala is an exception. Either according to the Tanakhama or Rebbe Lezabah, Chala is an exception. Not, sorry, not Chala, Chodosh, uh, Chodosh. Just to remind us, Chodosh is, you're not allowed to have grain grown that year before the Omer offering or before the 16th of Nisan. So anything planted, <coughs> just to keep it simple, anything planted after the 16th of Nisan cannot be eaten until the following year. So again, as you get closer to Pesach, you run into more issues of Chodosh because more of the produce, more of the grain around is going to be from the year subsequent. Yeah, no, you're subsequent to the Omer offering, and it's more of a problem. Um, but that's okay. So that's what we say. So that's why I think maybe that could answer your question. Yes. Okay, um, Toshma, the Omer Abaya Abaya says. So, so again, what's our, our question is, Rabbi Lezer, does the Tanakhama hold Chodosh is Noeg only in Eretz Yisrael? And Rabbi Lezer is strict in saying it's Noeg, you know, in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaris? Or does the Tanakhama hold Eretz Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlaris? And Rabbi Lezer is going lenient and saying only in Eretz Yisrael. And that's dependent on how do you understand the word Moishav in the Pasuk? Does it mean Moishav wherever you live? Or is it Moishav as in after you've settled the land, but only in Eretz Yisrael. So, Om Toshma, I lost the place. Um, Toshma, Om Rabbi Abai says, Man Tana de Poligoleo de Rebbe Lezer. Who's the Tana who argues on Rebbe Lezer? Rebbe Yishmol, here's Rebbe Yishmol. The Tanya, as he learned in a brisa, the Lam de Chosh, Shekol Mokom Shenema Bo Moishav, wherever it says Moishav, Eino Elela Achar Yerusha, Yeshiva Divrei Rebbe Yishmol. Yishmol says, wherever it says Moishav, it's referring to after the settlement. I Moishav means in Eretz Yisrael, but after the 14 years of settling the land. Omar loy Rabbi Akiva. Yeah. Okay, you kind of have to see Rashi, but I'm going to say it very... This Vathloikis, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva is regarding the Sochim. You know that when an individual brings most Korbanos, just about all Korbanos were accompanied with the Sochim, that's one libation. And I think Mincha also included that, but at least wine libations. Most korbanos were accompanied by wine libations. An individual, the communal offerings definitely had wine libations. What about an individual? So this is not like as we're dealing with now. Um, um, on a private bummer, in those 14 years when they were settling the land and certain other points in history, you were allowed to offer korbanos on your own private altar. You could have an altar in your back garden. There was still the communal altar, I like where the Mishkan was. So now, when the Sochim offered on a private Bama, or only on a communal Bama? So Rabbi Akiva says, the Pasuk says, um, sorry, Rabbi Shmuel understands, the Sochim are only offered on a communal Bama. Oh, but the Pasuk says you offer the Nesochim wherever you are, I'm implying even a private altar. So he says, no, Moishav means after, Moishav means after the settlement. It's not, it's not a place wherever you dwell at, 
of the settled the land. That's how you feel. Amalai Rebbe give a haray. Shabbos shenei mab moisha boys benagets by marav echus abad. By Shabbos it says you shall keep Shabbos and you're not allowed to have a fire in any dwelling place. Okay, there could be another possible, but it says Shabbos is says wherever you live. So you're going to tell me, and we know that applies whether you live in Eretz Yisrael or whether you live in Chutz Laaretz. I clearly moisha implies everywhere you live, not only Eretz Yisrael after the land is settled. So it must be. Um, you might have thought that Nesachim uh, are only offered on a communal bama, and it says Bechomosh Vaseichem to say anyway. So Amalei Shabbos says no. Shabbos we know that it applies in Chutzlar. It's been Kavachomer from a Kavachomer. It's not from the not from the word Moshevos. It says Ma Mitzvahs Kalos Nohek is Bein Bar. It's Bein Bechutzlar. It's just that lighter mitzvahs apply. In Eretz Yisrael and Chutzar, Shabbos Chamira, Shabbos, which is such a strict mitzvah, how much more so it applies even in Chutzar. So, Rabbi Shmuel saying that your source, Rabbi Kiva, that Moishvos must mean wherever you live, is not a good source because we know that halacha from a Kavachomer. Why is Shabbos stricter than other mitzvahs? Well, the one answer, I think there are two possibilities. One is that it's Isus Kila, that's the most severe punishment in the Torah. <laughs> So if other mitzvahs, mezuzah or whatever, or something else, <coughs> to wherever you live, then Shabbos surely applies everywhere. Another possibility is by Shabbos we say, um, um, by Shabbos we say, We say, um, what's that? Mumar le Shabbos, Kamumar le Kola Torah. Someone who doesn't keep Shabbos is as if they don't keep the whole Torah. So we see from that aspect also, Shabbos is much more severe. Okay, but now back to our proof. Remember what we're trying to prove? We're trying to answer does Rabbi Lezer hold Moishav means only in Eretz Yisrael after it was settled? Or does Moishav mean wherever you live, I even chutzlaret. So, mida omer abai, a man, tana de poli goleo de rebelezer rebi shmol. But the fact that abai says, who's the tana who argues on rebi eliezer, it is rebi shmol. Shmamina, rebelezer le chumra poli, shmamina, we see that rebelezer must be going strict. Shmamina, and that's conclusive. Why? Because rebi, um, it's the tana kama, uh, it's rebi shmol says, it only apply Moshe means after you've settled the land, which means Rabbi Lezer, who comes and argues on that in the Mishnah, must mean Moshe applies wherever you live. So the Tanakama holds that Tanakama holds that Chorosh only applies in Eretz Israel, and Rabbi Lezer holds that it applies everywhere. There's a big machlokes. Um, how do Paskin or not? I mean, on the surface, it's not such a big machlokas. If you look at Rambam, Shulchan Aruch, the Rosh, they all say Chorosh applies even in Chutzlaret. And, uh, pardon? Chorosh is the new grain. That any grain that was planted after the Omer was offered, you're not allowed to eat until the new Omer is offered. So that, in South Africa, most uh, places most, as I remember, if I remember correctly, most bakeries and stuff keep chodosh. The old, the old mina going back hundreds and hundreds of years was not to worry about chodosh. And that's a, that's a big discussion. Wow, when it seems fairly... From this, I mean, interesting, from this Mishnah you would say it's the Tanakama versus Rebbe Lezer. We would generally follow the Tanakama that it doesn't apply in Israel. But there's a much more obvious teaching in Menachos. 
that seems to say that you should keep it even with Shlaret. And that's, as I said, how many of the major Rishonim apply. And uh, the commentaries go at length to try and justify the Minhag. If I remember correctly, but this I have to look up, I haven't seen it in a long time. Probably not since Menachos. Um, the Bach. I don't know if it's the Bach. One of the suggestions is is that it only applies to when we're discussing Chorosh Noik Bukhutz Laaretz, that's Jews' grain outside of Eretz Israel. Not any grain grown outside of Eretz Israel. It's only Jews' grain grown outside of Eretz Israel. So when you go to the shop and you're buying grain there, it's most likely non Jews' grain that's grown outside of Eretz Israel and therefore Chorosh does not apply. Uh, this that we say Chorosh applies outside of Eretz Israel would be only grain grown by a Jew outside of Eretz Israel. But okay, but that, as I said, it's a. Uh, there's some most. But I left one particular please don't buy this restaurant. Yeah, there are a few places that are very that are very strict about it. Like I said, on the surface, Shulchan Aruch seems to say that you should be, but the old, old Minag, I mean, my grandfather mentioned that in Litter, even great the great Tamile Chacham, like, didn't know Chorosh as a practical mitzvah. Okay, carrying on. Michti Rebbe Shmuel Aheicha Kroi. Koi? Anasochen. Where was Rebbe Shmuel discussing his halacha? On the Nesochen. I, Rebbe Shmuel said that Moishav means Moishav, but the Nesochen means after Eretz Yisrael has been conquered. Banasachim, it says both Bia and Moishav. I, you might think that you need the when when is a mitzvah limited to Eretz Yisrael when it has the double phrase Bia I when you come into Eretz Yisrael the pasuk says or Moishav and in your dwelling it says Hachi no. um so how can we learn from there what the word Moishav alone means? Maybe Moishav alone means more, is more expensive. So it's not Hachi Komen. L'lamet shokol mokom shenei ma'biya u Moishav eino ela la achar Yerusha v'yeshiva. Tivrei Rebbe Yishmael. Yeah. Any place where it teaches Bia and Moishav, it's specifically after the Yerusha, the inheriting the land and the settling the land. That's Rabbi Shmuel's opinion. Oh, he actually Omalo Rabbi Kiva Re Shabbos and Emma Bomoshevis for Omale Shabbos Kavachamir. But wait, that doesn't fit in with our discussion because Rabbi Kiva responded to him, Oh, but it says Moshe Bashabbos, and we say that applies all over. What should Rabbi Akiva answer? Well, sorry, what should Rabbi Shmuel have answered? Well, Rabbi Shmuel did answer that. We know Shabbos, we know applies even in Chutzarit from a Kavachomer. But he should have just said to him, says, Naimalei, Anabiyo Moishab Kamina. I was saying that it has to say, Bia U Moishab. It doesn't say when you come into Eretz Yisrael, then keep Shabbos Bachomosh Vaseichem. It says, keep Shabbos Bachomosh Vaseichem. So why did Rabbi Shmuel have to come along and say, no, there's a Kavachomer? So it's not a Chadav Od Kaomar. Rabbi Shmuel was saying, there's two answers. Firstly, us only said Mahalocha when it says Bia and Moishav. When you come into Eretz Yisrael and when you dwell, that's when Moishav means only after the land is settled. And further, the Ko'omat Harei Shabbos, this actually challenging me from Shabbos, where it says in your dwellings, 
Shabbos Kalvachomeru. We know that halacha by Shabbos from a Kalvachomeru anyway. So Rabbi Shmuel has two answers. One, Shabbos is not a challenge on his teaching, his understanding of the word Moishav. What are Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel arguing on? Why doesn't, Rashi explains, why doesn't Rabbi Akiva learn like Rabbi Shmuel? It says Bia and Moishav, which makes good sense to then learn it as only in Eretz Yisrael. So what's, why doesn't Rabbi Akiva have to do it? It says, no, they're arguing on whether an individual, it doesn't say individual, but Rashi explains and you have to learn like this in his way of learning, that when an individual has to, did an individual offer Nesochim in the desert? Uh, the desert was very interesting because there you had the Mishkan, one Mishkan the whole time, but it was a Mishkan, not a Besam Mikdash, it was moved and portable. And that's where all the Korbanos had to be offered. So did an individual, when he offered a Korban in the Mishkan, did he have to bring Nesachim? Says Rabbi Shmuel, Sovar loy kivu nesachim b'midbar. Rabbi Shmuel holds that they did not offer nesachim in the midbar, and Rabbi Akiva sovar kivu nesachim b'midbar. Rabbi Akiva holds that they did offer nesachim in the midbar. So if we just focus on Rabbi Akiva, we'll see why he had to argue. Because if anyone in the in the times of the desert went to the base of Midrash to offer a kor- the Mishkan to offer a korban, they would have to bring the company nesachim. And then the Pasuk says, when you come into Eretz Yisrael and you Moishav, you also offer the Nesachim. If it was only a Bama Gedola that you could offer the Nesachim, it's not adding anything. Because even in the times of the Mishkan, you could bring Nesachim at a Bama Gedola. And now you come into Eretz Yisrael and it's saying, yo, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, you can also offer a Bama Gedola. So Rabbi Yisrael says, no, you have to learn Moishav as wherever you are, even a Bama Gedola, you can offer, um, you can offer. A korban, and this, you would, an individual would offer a sachem there. Whereas Rabbi Shmuel held that they didn't offer it in the desert, and therefore the expansion does add to that. Omar Abaya, Abaya says, Interesting enough, this teaching from the school of Rabbi Shmuel excludes from another teaching of the school of Rabbi Shmuel. So I'm not sure how, but we have two contradictory teachings of the Shmuel of, of, of Tanit of Rabbi Shmuel. Why? It says many psukim with bios, unspecified. I, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, when you come into Eretz Yisrael, when there's many psukim that say that. And the Torah specifies by one of them that it's only after you inherit and settle the land. Interesting, it says when it's discussing having a king, it says, and you will, after you've inherited and settled the land, you will have a king. It says, We'll use that as the What's the word? The prototype of the president. That's so to all mitzvahs. When it says bia, it implies after you've settled the land. Now remember, the first Tanah of Bishmal holds. When do we say that it's limited to after you settle the land? If it says bia and Moishav. Whereas this Tanah of Bishmal holds, even if it just says bia, it means only after you've settled the land. Says So how does the other one? Why does the other one learn not learn like this one? Again, this one has a good proof because by king, by appointing a king, it 
specifies that Bia means after Yerusha, and that should be a precedent. So he says, mm-hmm. Because king and Bikurim are two psukim that are coming at the same time to teach the same halacha, and any time you have two psukim teaching you the same halacha, we don't learn from them. Well, that's, that's very straightforward. If the Torah says as a halacha or a principle in one place, we can extend it to the whole Torah. If the Torah says tells us a principle in two places, it means to limit it to those two places. But Bikurim, it also says after you've settled, when you come into the land and after you've settled it. It says, and therefore... This time, the first Tanah of Eribishmol that we saw at the top of the page says you can't use just the word beer as a precedent that it means after the land is settled. So the So the second Tanah of Eribishmol, how did they learn the Tzukim? No, you need you need them independently of each other. You can't say it's two tzukim teaching us the same halacha because you need each one. Why? If it would have just said melech and not bikurim, if it would have only told us that the king, the laws with the king, to appoint the king only kicks in after settling the land, but not bikurim. Says have I mean a bikurim to call mishani la'alta? I would have said that's because bikurim you get benefit. They could benefit from the fruit immediately. And therefore, they have to bring Bikurim immediately. So I wouldn't learn that from Melech. If I would have only said this halacha about Bikurim and not Melech, you need the king to conquer the land. So you, therefore, it should kick in immediately. I, even though the Torah says about Bikurim, Bia and Moishav, oh, sorry, Bia, and it tells us Bia means after the land is settled. If it didn't tell me that by a king, I would have said, but a king's an exception. Because you need the king to help you conquer the land. So therefore, you need each of them. Because the, if you only had Melech or you only had Bikurim, you wouldn't know the other one. So therefore, it's not considered two psukim coming to teach us the same thing. Because we need both psukim independently of other. So there's not the Yiddish. And the other opinion? Now, for, I couldn't understand this, but for some reason, we're disregarding this principle that Oh, Bikurim, you could get benefit immediately. I mean, Tosa says that, um, but I'm not sure, and, and it's clear from the Gemara that it is, but I'm not sure the Svara, how it can automatically do that. But, then, but it says, Let the Torah just write Melech, and we would not need to teach Bikurim. And I would have said, Yeshiva. If when it says where if it says regarding a king which you would have expected you can appoint a king to help you conquer the land after still that only applies after inheriting and settling the land how much more so by Bikurim and the other opinion says I would have thought no Bikurim are similar to Chala what's um, that kick in immediately. Chala kicks in as soon as they inherit Eretz Israel. Kamash Malan. Therefore, it comes to teach us um, Bikurim only kicks in after you've settled the land. Um, the whole Rash, one second. Ra, Ra, um, Rashi points out, what, how do we know Chala is different? We've just said, basically, any time the Apostle says, when you come into Eretz Israel, it's uses the precedent of Bikurim, or according to the one opinion, or the precedent of King, and maybe also the precedent of Bikurim, to teach us that it's only after you've settled the land. Comes along Bachala, and we know that kicks in immediately. So Rashi points out it's the Drosha um, in the Sifri that 
it uses the land bivoachem. All the other places it uses the word when you come into the land, etc. But by chale it says It uses a different phrase bivoachem, implying as soon as you come into the land. So chale we know kicks in as soon as the Jews entered Eretz Israel, unlike many of the other mitzvahs where it says Bia only kicked in after the land was settled. It took them 14 years to conquer and settle the land. Yeah. So, now we're going back to our Mishnah. Well, now that you've told me any mitzvah that is dependent on the person applies both in Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz, why does it say Moshe Shabbos? Obviously, Shabbos you would keep it says, no, it's rich, you need it. You might have thought that since Shabbos is taught in the paragraph of the Mo'adim, the Mo'ados, you might think that Shabbos needs sanctification by the Sanhedrin, just like the festivals. Ah, you need the Sanhedrin to get up and say, today is Sunday. And then you count seven days, and the next day is Shabbos. No, Shabbos happens automatically, not like the rest of the festivals. It's something that we've lost. Um, interesting, yeah, Kiddush could also only really happen in uh, Eretz Yisrael or Yerushalayim, but I'm not sure how that has a ramification because we still keep the festivals anyway. But if you think about this, the correct system is that it's the Sanhedrin who decrees when Rosh Chodesh is, and therefore, it, they need to sanctify the day as Rosh Chodesh. And if not for that, well, then Rosh Chodesh doesn't... Um, then, it, then it's not Rosh Chodesh that day. Um, and that would mean... That's why we say, Makadesh Yisrael v'hazmanim. They sanctify Israel and there's money because it's Israel who sanctifies this money. But determining, oh, today's Rosh Hashanah. Well, now you know when Rosh Hashanah is, you know when Yom Kippur is, and you know when... And if they declare Rosh Chodesh a day earlier or a day later, then Yom Kippur has moved a day earlier or a day later. So too with Pesach. Um, and Shavuos is dependent on counting from Pesach. So, so to Shavuos. Okay, carrying on. Moisha, v'ksiv rachmona gabi matzu, maro lamali. This that we find, Moisha, by matzu and maro. Why do I need that? Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm wrong. Kamash Milan? Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's right. Moisha, the cause of Rachmanagabi Matsu Maru Lamali. Why does it say the word Moisha Bamatsamaru? Obviously, they would apply in Futsla Oretz again. Okay? They're dependent on the person, not on the land. So it says, no, it's Rishantadata Kamina, Ohel Luxiv Al Matsu Sumari Meofleiru. No, since it says. You will eat it with the Korban Pesach, with Matzah and Maror. I would have said that only applies when there is a Korban Pesach and not when there is not a Korban Pesach. That's what it comes to teach us, huh? All, in all your dwelling places, even in Chuzvaris, even when there's no Korban Pesach. It says, Why does it teach us Tfilin and Petach Again, Peter, Hamor, and Tfilin should apply everywhere regardless. Why does it say when you come into Eretz Israel? It says, no, we use that for the teaching of the school of Rabbi Shmuel. 
Asay mitvazu do these mitzvahs so that you can merit to go into Eretz Yisrael. I don't get a chance to look up, but I'm, what's the special significance of these mitzvahs, Yisrael and Petechamor, that you do these to merit to, become, to come into Eretz Yisrael. But that is the teaching, and we'll leave it there for today. We'll continue with this discussion tomorrow.